0: I'm Sarah and I'm Meg and this is the seven hours difference podcast where we discuss our friendship differences and opinions and life in general but
1: first before we get into the meat of the podcast we are just going to give a little life blurb um, Sarah will start with hers first just a little life update I'm sorry. Did you say the meat of the podcast? The meat of the podcast, okay? <laughs> the good stuff. I love it. I the love stuff it. you're going to chew on.
0: Uh, all right. Well, here's your little pre-dinner um, treat. <laughs> um, my update is, I guess, I'm really just having a hard time um, with my job right now, just teaching um, partially remotely, partially in person. Yeah. Uh, it's getting it's getting really difficult, and I'm finding myself like way more exhausted, than I was my first year of teaching oh, <laughs> I mean no. it's only my second year but like yeah it's a major major difference so I'm just really tired um yeah. but you know what really helped and okay. I know you're not gonna agree with this but <laughs> I decorated for Christmas
1: yeah I saw my that. trees
0: my trees up um we me and Cedric have already exchanged ornaments for an early Christmas present uh, we decorated outside, we got bows everywhere, red <laughs> sparkle, uh, it it really does change your mood. Uh, I love yeah.
1: it. <laughs> uh, not going to lie, I'm not decorating for Christmas. Wow. I don't think I've really decorated for Christmas in quite a few years, and I do not miss it. But I do appreciate seeing some pretty decorations.
0: Well, you're, I'll just FaceTime you anytime you need it, and okay. I got you. <laughs> what about okay. you? What's new?
1: Well, um, something I haven't done in a few months is I went camping this past weekend. I did mention it on the previous podcast that I was going, but I just want to give you an update on how that went. Um, I went to a place I'd never gone before, but it was nice because I was the only one there in that area. Um, and it was really quiet and I slept really good and it was just like a very beautiful serene area um however there was like a speedway like a couple miles away like literally where people go and like race their cars oh no (laughs) so like the whole second day i could hear them because apparently they have like events on the weekends or whatever the whole second day i could hear them just like speeding around the track for hours i was like what is happening
0: (laughs) oh my gosh
1: (laughs) it was like so bizarre i could have gone into like to like watch them but i was just like not into it (laughs)
0: so yeah listeners meg likes to go camping by herself i do it was just her by herself she didn't even take her dog so it was just no her i wanted to take my dog but
1: he had surgery so i kind of felt like i wanted to take him to get him out and about but like the more i read on the internet the more i was like i can't do that
0: (laughs) but he was well taken care of with your brother so it's all good (laughs) But yeah. yeah, I love going
1: solo camping. It just like is a way for me to just chill out and not really have to like be around anybody else and just kind of like recharge. So,
0: yeah. Well, would you say that it maybe helps you handle your. Are
1: you about to segue right mm-hmm.
0: now? Oh, wait. <laughs> yes. Are How you about to segue, segue into our main topic? Okay. Uh, yes. Um would you would you say that maybe helps with your mental illnesses that you face? Okay, yeah. On definitely. The daily?
1: Definitely. Oh. So should do you want to like touch on our mental illness? Mental illness. I mean like our mental health and like what we've gone through a little bit
0: or Oh yeah, we I mean I I think we maybe should just because I think all of this goes okay. together. I think it goes hand in hand. Maybe we should um before we get to it though cuz you know that wasn't my most flawless segue, We should just <laughs> remind everybody about um, our podcast and the name of our podcast okay. and where we come from uh,
1: take okay it away. okay so with seven hours different difference podcast my name is Meg and I'm with Sarah. obviously we already introduced ourselves at the beginning but we have been friends for like 12 years um, and we were born seven hours apart. Uh, I was born on April 17th Sarah was born on April 18th. Um, even though we are best friends, we are very different and we hold very different views on the world and we grew up very differently. So we thought we would just talk a little bit about how our differences made us stronger friends and how it brought us together, et cetera.
0: That was so beautifully said. <laughs> I'm tearing up a little bit. Oh, OK. Yeah. Well,
1: I just wanted to kind of get a uh, touch on our main topic a little bit, too. This is a podcast that I sort of outlined and wrote Um and Sarah is just kind of – I'm kind of just, like, dumping it all on Sarah. <laughs> this is going to be her, like, first impressions of everything that I've brought up. Now, I know it's a topic that both of us can relate to, however, so it's not necessarily going to be, like, a debating kind of podcast.
0: It's actually going to kind of be something that we do agree on in a in Yeah, a it's just going to
1: be kind of like a PSA. Like, if you experience these things that we've gone through and that we are – then you aren't alone and we are here to talk about it because it's really interesting.
0: Well, and I guess in a way they are different because we have experienced everything in different manners. So, you know. Yeah. Um,
1: Okay, well, we are going to kind of touch on our mental health experience um, before we get into the topic, Um, which just a brief history, I guess, if you want to go first or...
0: Yeah, um... I discovered that, um, I mean, I guess I always I always had um, mental health challenges when I was growing up. I just yeah. didn't ever understand or register what they were, um, and that would probably go right down to the anxiety aspect of it. <clears throat> I just never really understood why I was doing all the things that I was doing to cope, but um, when I went to college, I discovered that um, it was really easy for me to fall into a very depressive state, um, and... I really struggled with depression when I was in college. Um, And then at the end of my college career, my dad got very, very sick. And uh, he experienced some major health issues. And it changed our life. And that triggered um, what I soon discovered was panic disorder. Um, So it has been a very interesting last couple of years of learning to... um, figure out what my triggers are, um, understanding how to get through panic attacks, um, and just, you know, learning how to cope with my anxiety. Um, thankfully, I have a really amazing support system um, through my parents and my friends. And so it, I haven't done it alone. So it, mm-hmm. it's been quite the journey.
1: So we, I guess we should be very specific about this. You were diagnosed with panic disorder. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So diagnosed by a health professional. We are not self-diagnosed. I know that can be like a really, uh, it's a really important thing to say because, uh, you know, if you are struggling with these sort of things, you need to go to a health professional and get their recommendation on how to proceed because you can just, I would not recommend trying to diagnose yourself and trying to treat yourself um, because that can lead kind of towards a very dangerous uh, road most of the time. So. I will
0: say, uh, too, that I was diagnosed with depression at that time. I don't think that that is something that I um, experience on the regular, um, but it does actually go hand-in-hand with having panic disorder, having anxiety. So, yeah. What about you?
1: Tell us your story. me. I would say mine started back around junior year and there was kind of an event that brought it on, which was me moving away from Illinois and away from all my best friends (laughs) and away from Sarah and uh, back to Alaska. Um, So I had major depressive disorder, like cyclical depression for years. Like, I mean, all up until now, I still struggle with it often. It's definitely not as bad now as it was, but (laughs) again, again, I was diagnosed with it. Um, I wasn't self-diagnosed. Um, and I was diagnosed with a slight anxiety disorder, but it wasn't like as severe as perhaps Sarah has gone through. Um, but anyway, so I've gone through like a a very large history with depression. Um, so I just kind of wanted us to kind of go through that with the topic we have going on today because we aren't just kind of talking out of our butts. <laughs> you know, we, we've both kind of experienced, um, you know, just some mental health hardships, uh, through our lives. And I think it is impact. It has impacted us, um, and kind of helped us become empathetic people and highly sensitive people, which is our topic today. Ta-da! <laughs> so, okay. So I feel like I've been editing our podcasts in the past. And by the way, if you've listened to our, our podcasts and you've actually like tried each one of them, you'll see that they change and they get better kind of each <laughs> on, yeah. a, on a on a podcast by podcast basis. But one thing I noticed is that we do not transition very well. Like we uh, we need to like solidify like this is our main topic and this is what we're going on to next. So do we this need is some good official. segues? Because that's yeah. kind of
0: my jam. No, no. <laughs> we need to
1: like, <laughs> we need to plan these out. Um, but anyway, so our main topic is uh, background on mental health and how it, uh, how it impacted our personality traits as empathetic people and me personally, for sure, uh, being a highly sensitive person. Um, so we're going to kind of discuss what those are and give you some tips for like coping with those things, um, specifically empathetic, being empathetic and being a highly sensitive person. So, Sarah, do you consider yourself empathetic?
0: Yeah, I would definitely say that that is true.
1: (laughs) So initially, before we get into this, like, how do you define being empathetic? Or how do you, like, how do you see yourself as an empathetic person?
0: Um, I guess something that really clicks for me that, like, lets me know that I'm empathetic is, like, when somebody is telling me something that they're, like, going through, like, something sad is happening in their life, or I guess even, like, watching a movie or, like, listening to a sad song, like, I take it on way too personally, um, and I, I can, like, literally feel the feeling that they're feeling. Like, I feel so sad or so upset or maybe it's so angry or maybe it's so happy. Like, I literally, literally feel, um, what I imagine they're feeling in that moment. Um, yeah. I take it on very quickly, (laughs) very strongly, um, whatever (laughs) emotion it might be. What about for you?
1: Um, for me, it's very similar to that. So, when I think of empathy like to as it relates to me uh, it is very much so taking on the emotion that someone's trying to convey so whether it's in a TV show song whatever um I definitely feel that emotion very strongly it it even sometimes for me it even goes as far as like if I see someone has like an injury or even like maybe a disability, maybe they're in crutches or you know something that sort of thing. Um, I sometimes feel that in my body. Like I sometimes feel like if someone has a broken arm and I see they they have a broken arm, my arm like I get a little pang in my arm. Not like my arm's broken, like I'm in <laughs> oh wow a ton of pain, but like I it pangs like a shooting pain goes through my arm. It's just for it's like, like your a split body second body
0: is like registering.
1: Yeah, it's like my yeah, entire body is registering feels something that.
0: there. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: And as I was researching this topic, when I, like, looked up the definition of an empath, which is what I'll go over next, but when I looked it up, it was very, like, supernatural. <laughs> it was, like, oh. someone who su- possesses a supernatural trait to, you know, be able to sense others' feelings and stuff like that. Like, Ooh. obviously, there's multiple definitions, and I did not go with that definition, but I thought it sounded kind of mystical.
0: <laughs> well, we maybe we are mystical creatures. yeah. I mean let's see.
1: I feel like a lot of people are empaths or have empathetic traits. Oh yeah, but, definitely. I mean, they're definitely not as common as other other persons. I guess it kind of depends on like
0: how deep they feel that empathy as well. You know, like for some people mm-hmm. it might just be a little bit more surface level. For others, they're feeling a broken arm. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean it's <laughs> I'm I'm just kidding. But uh yeah, I mean it's different for everybody to what degree I guess it goes to. Mm-hmm. So Okay, so well, I'm hit us with that empathy <laughs> definition. Read the actual definition.
1: Yeah, um, empathy is the capacity to understand or feel what another person is experiencing from within their frame of reference. That is the capacity to place oneself in another's position. Definitions of empathy encompass a broad range of emotional states.
0: So, so walk a mile okay. in someone's shoes. Yeah, mm-hmm. like understanding how to do that, like mentally. Yeah. <laughs> totally.
1: So, do you think it, like, impacts how you relate to other people, like, just in person or is it mostly just over, like, media?
0: No, I think it's in person, too. Um, Especially, like, with my students, you know, like, I don't know. I I mean, I definitely really, like, really take on, like, media to, like, a whole different level. It's kind of, like, dangerous. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even understand why that happens. (laughs) But, like, even with people, like, it, it will follow me, too. Like, then every time I look at that person, I'm wondering if they're still feeling that way, like they were when we first talked about it. Oh, um wow. It kind of carries along with me. Yeah. Especially, like, with my, um, with my high school band and choir kids, because I just get – I see them every day, and I get to see them a lot more. So, you know, I get to connect a little bit more dots than I do with my littles. Yeah. Even with my coworkers, you know. So, okay. what about for you?
1: Yeah, I'm – I definitely, um, in person or even on the phone with somebody, like I'm constantly. It's like my body is subconsciously constantly, like, you know, how is this person feeling? How is this person going to react to what I say? Um, you know, what kind of emotion is this person conveying? And I, I'm not even like actively mm-hmm. asking myself those questions. They're just like already happening, automated the scenes, responses. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So if like someone else laughs, like I laugh. I don't even know why I'm laughing most <laughs> of the time. <laughs> I'm just like mirroring their emotions because I I want to understand how they're feeling. Like I desperately want to know how they're feeling while they're talking to me. And I don't know. For me, it's just like really easy. It's like intuition and, you know, women's intuition.
0: (laughs) Well, Um, yeah, because it's like when you're upset, I don't know, I can just tell. Yeah. Whereas like it's weird to me that some people don't catch like a mood change in the room. I know, right? You know, like some people just don't get it. And you're like, how did yeah. you not feel the mood Or vibe like when change? you walk into the room
1: and you can completely tell if there's a tense vibe or, you know, or if there's like a
0: cheery, everyone's fine vibe, like you can immediately tell. Wow. I never really connected that that experience might be from being an empathetic person. Oh, totally. But 100%, that has to be it. I've always been really good about reading a room, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. Have you ever experienced, like, this is something that happens to me a lot because I work in, like, an office setting and I'm constantly around other people. Have you ever, like, sensed where, like, someone's talking and someone else nearby is just getting increasingly maybe, like, irritated or, you know, troubled by the other person and you just want to tell the other person to, like, stop don't ask them any more questions don't talk to them anymore because somehow they just can't sense what the other person is like putting out there i don't understand that like how can people not sense that yeah i don't i mean i'm not saying like their personality type is worse i'm just saying like i don't understand (laughs) that personality type or what What is like
0: the opposite of being an empath though yeah uh i feel like it's a sociopath (laughs) right I was just gonna say like a psycho like I don't I just don't get how yeah I've definitely been in those moments and you're just like oh my gosh how is this still happening you know or like when someone pushes
1: yeah when someone like pushes someone else and keeps asking them questions or like oh talks to them in a certain tone of voice and you like immediately know they're gonna react negatively to that tone of voice like I don't know
0: (laughs) oh yeah oh Oh, yeah. yeah I know exactly what you're talking about. It's kind of frightening.
1: (laughs) All right. So anyway, let's move on from that for now. We're going to talk about more traits of an empath later. but Okay. So I wanted to go across – go across? I don't even know if that's a term. um, It is now. An an, an HSP is or a highly sensitive person. So whenever I was sort of finding myself in my – over the last couple years, um, I did a lot of like personality tests. I did a lot of like – research on like why I felt the way I felt I'm sure anybody who's who's dealt with mental illness has done that same thing (laughs) Um, but what I came across the term highly sensitive person which I'd never heard before and it definitely fits to some degree me maybe other people who are listening or Sarah can relate to this um, definition but a highly sensitive person or a person who has sensory processing sensitivity um, Those with high levels of HSP or SPS (laughs) display increased emotional sensitivity, stronger reactivity to both external and internal stimuli, including pain, hunger, light, and noise. Does any of that, like, ring a gong of truth within you?
0: Okay. A gong of truth. (laughs) I don't know. So this is where I kind of went with that. Um, Well, you you know I am very emotional. Like... Right. Extremely emotional. So that one is like a dove for me, but I don't think that that necessarily means I would be a highly sensitive person. However. Fair enough. Where I go with, for some reason, like hunger, Mm -hmm. um, like being a hangry person, like do you get angry when you're hungry? Like. (laughs) Yes. Is that a correlation? Okay. And then I think about the fact that um, like thunderstorms scare the crap out of me. I don't really mind the lightning so much, but like the thunder, the noise that follows freaks me the heck out any loud noises I am so jumpy like to an extreme I've always blamed this on my anxiety um, my panic disorder you know my automatic reaction to anything is I'm gonna die (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I always thought that that was maybe just a characteristic of having panic disorder but um, I don't know it could be I mean yeah so that that would be the only things that maybe make me think I could relate to this I don't necessarily think I'm sold on the concept for me
1: okay Um, I don't
0: know you know me too so
1: yeah I mean I I honestly I haven't spent much time thinking about how it applies to my friends so I can't necessarily say for you I'm curious Um, as to
0: how like if you can explain how you um like work with this like what okay rings true
1: for you (laughs) okay so um for me I, I, I I see this as very biological when it comes to me like Um, HSP does not necessarily mean that it's, biological for you individually, but for me it is. So, um, if I'm listening to music, like I listen to music constantly or I listen to something constantly because I like having that most of the time, I like having that stimulation just kind of happening behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. However, sometimes I'll have these moments where, uh, I won't turn up the volume on my music at all. Um, it'll be the same volume, but all of a sudden it'll sound horrible. Really, really, really loud, like definitely Whoa. loud. I, it's super, super weird. So, it'll sound really loud and it'll sound really irritating and it won't really sound like the same thing I was listening to. So, I'll just have to turn it off. Like, I'm like, I can't listen to this anymore. And I'll literally have to like sit or drive in silence for however long it takes before I'm like, okay again. This <laughs> and
0: it's not like it happens to me when I drive as well, but only when yeah. I drive. Because me, I feel like, like there's not another the option when I'm driving yeah. but to listen to music or like listen to a podcast. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm like, I don't want to hear sound. And it's like, Monk. I'll feel so
1: irritated by just the sound that I've heard a hundred times. Like, I've heard the sound a hundred times. I'll just feel so irritated by it and so sensitive to it.
0: Weird. And I just
1: have to like get away from it. Like, I just have to have silence or silence That is silence so
0: strange. <laughs> yeah you're it's, a weirdo no I know
1: what <laughs> so light to me as well like i I have to constantly turn on the brightness on my laptop like I can't have really bright and I know I have astigmatism, so that definitely impacts <laughs> uh, oh, <sure. laughs> impacts that but um like I have to wear sunglasses when I'm out even if it's like cloudy otherwise I get a headache like it's It's really it's bizarre, and it's not something that's happened ever since I was a kid. But like, I'm definitely way more sensitive to light now than I have been in the past. And I do go to the eye doctor, and they don't tell me I have
0: anything wrong with me. So (laughs) I can only assume it's in my brain. How interesting. I don't know. What about? Do you have any of those connections with pain or hunger
1: or? Um, I actually have a very high pain tolerance, so I can't say that. Uh, I do get (laughs) hunger. I do get hangry. uh um, definitely get hangry.
0: I'm a hangry person, too. Yeah. I, I uh, especially get mad at my mother when I'm hangry. Like, she doesn't even have to be in the room. I'm just mad at my mother because yeah, I'm hangry. she's just the object of your <laughs> it's hangriness. It's her fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: but I can't really think of anything else right now, but we'll go over, like, traits of being HSP leader. Sure. And I'll probably connect with a few there. My brain's just kind of, like... <laughs> okay, so... We're going to go over being tr- like the traits of an empath, um, more specific, because I feel like that'll kind of open up more avenues of discussion for both of us. <clears throat> okay, so uh, we are just taking these from a couple of dot-com websites, so I mean, they're not like orgs
0: or anything, so <laughs> take them with a, a grain called, of salt and see how it uh, applies to you. It's called .dot com slash empaths dash signs. Yeah. So <laughs> if you want to go, you can check it out.
1: <laughs> all right. Um, well, are we doing the highly sensitive person first, or would you like to do uh, Oh, th- empath?
0: sure. That's empaths, but we can go over to the highly sensitive person. Uh,
1: how about the – so this one we're going to is going to be planetofsuccess.com. Um, this is uh, one outlining the traits of an empath. There's 40, but we're probably not going to go through all 40. <laughs> Uh, Because this is just someone, someone, a list someone put together. So, um, Sarah, I would like to know, uh, are you any of these traits? Okay. Do you connect with others too quickly?
0: Oh yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh wait, yes. Okay. So apparently it's a trait of an empathetic person. Um, this is very interesting to me because I do not do this. Um, but I mean, what do you mean by connect with others too quickly?
0: So once it ha- once it happens, it, it takes no time. Like we fall into a conversation and we find things that are that we both enjoy very, very quickly. Like with every new person that I meet, um, it just happens like that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I, I am also the same the same kind of person that avoids walking next to somebody to avoid starting the conversation. So, okay. take that as you will. <laughs> okay.
1: So maybe you feel a little awkward around them still, but you still like want to be their friend immediately.
0: Yes. like you okay. see some you know when you see somebody and you're like, they look interesting and you want to talk to them, but you have no clue how to strike up a conversation. Yeah. I I am so awkward when it comes to like start what what is the first sentence that I say to this person? I don't know, <laughs> but once once it's happened, um, yeah it, it's I, I keep thinking of my friend Megan. Um, we were in a show together and we sat by each other almost every single rehearsal. And like for the first two weeks of rehearsals, we did not say a dang word to each other. And I I was starting to think that maybe she didn't like me and she thought the same thing. And then the minute we had a conversation, it was like, boom, inseparable. And we are still friends to this day. I mean, I was at her dang wedding, you know, I mean, yeah, it's crazy.
1: So do you believe an empathetic person connects with others because they just really relate to their emotions or
0: <clears throat> I would imagine that that would be definitely an attractive part yeah. of being friends or being friendly with an empathetic person is that you feel maybe a little more understood or you feel a little bit more because they're reacting to your immediate like emotions that you're putting forward and yeah. like, reacting in a positive way you might feel more comfortable so I would say that yeah yeah Yeah, I would would say
1: empathetic people in a general sense um, often are good at making other people feel comfortable around them Mm -hmm. because they understand how the other person feels. So like that's something I try to do is make other people feel comfortable. So even if their jokes aren't very funny, I still laugh at them because (laughs) I don't want them to feel like they're out of place or I don't want them to feel (laughs) that negative emotion because if they feel that negative emotion, I will feel that negative emotion.
0: And that is sometimes a fault.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I agree.
0: But yes, I get that.
1: But definitely, like, there's one trait on here. Tendency to put others before themselves. Um, Definitely naturally inclined to believe that other people's needs or emotions are more important than their needs or emotions, which is definitely something that we have to keep in check.
0: Yeah, I think we're both very guilty of this. Um, You are way more guilty of this than I am, uh, for the record, uh, okay. because you were here and literally you were supposed to be on a vacation and you were stressed out and you were doing my dishes because you knew <laughs> that they stressed me out. I was like, what is wrong with this girl? That's the second time that's come up in this podcast. So hope I didn't make you <laughs> feel too a guilty. real problem
1: with my dishes. Dishes.
0: Doing okay. <laughs> um, no, but I, I definitely would agree that we both have this tendency. Yeah.
1: Okay, so another trait would be willingness to accept full responsibility. So I guess another way to put this would be, like, extreme ownership over your crap.
0: Yeah, I would say that I definitely do this. Of course, I'm always, like, very hesitant because I don't like for things to be my fault. But, yeah, I wouldn't blame – I wouldn't – like, just blame somebody else for it. Well, um, I think if we break that
1: down a little bit more, like, you wouldn't want to blame somebody else because you don't want them to feel a certain way. Is that correct?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For mm-hmm. sure. I mean, I guess it depends on the... I guess it depends on the moment because maybe there are some times where I'm like, oh, but they deserve it, you know? And, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to let them have this one, yeah. you know? But for the most part, <laughs> you know... um, I definitely don't want people to feel that way. Mm-hmm. I'd rather feel yeah, it would, myself than let somebody else yeah. feel it.
1: I would say this definitely applies um, to me as well. I don't know if anybody listening can relate to this, but um, sometimes if I maybe mess up at work or, or whatever, I'll just like – I'll go to my boss and I'll say, you know, I'm really sorry about this, blah, blah, blah you know, I should have asked for more clarification or I should have done this. I should have done that because I feel, I feel like horribly deep inside that like I completely failed that person, which is completely an overdramatic representation of how you should be feeling because everybody makes mistakes and everybody's human, but I'll feel like a horrible sense of dread. And then I'll also feel responsible for like how my boss is feeling about me, which is, a lot of times you can't control how other people feel about you. Right. And a lot of times if they feel about you something really negative, that's not your problem. That's their problem because maybe they're not dealing with their emotions correctly. So. Right. Um, I would say this is a good trait, willing to accept full responsibility. However, you should not accept responsibility for other people's feelings.
0: Ooh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I really That's like right. that, <laughs> y'all listeners. I can say some write smart that things down. Sometimes. Write that down. Oh my Lanta. Yeah. Um, so pardon my poor transition here, but I'm actually looking at this list that Meg is reading off of, and I am seeing a characteristic that is like really just like popping out at me. And okay. I'm not even gonna lie; I've been thinking about this since we started talking about willingness to accept full responsibility. Okay. Um, and it is absent-mindedness. <laughs> um as a characteristic and i'm so pulled to this because i'm just going to read read to the listeners what this says empaths are often perceived to be absent-minded forgetful or inattentive in almost all instances empathetic people are so overwhelmed by the sea of emotions they are swimming in that they totally lose focus they are swayed away by the chaotic emotions they are surrounded with which often leads them to become fully immersed in these thoughts and emotions I'm not an an inattentive person. However, absent-minded or forgetful is very, very accurate. I can get so wrapped up in what I am feeling in one particular moment. Like the other day, I was walking down the stairway at my school, and I was thinking about all these different things, and I stopped in the center of the stairwell, and I looked at the wall, and I just had to like breathe in and breathe out really slowly. And then I stopped and I stepped away and I was like, where the heck was I going? I was like, what am I doing? Why am I standing in the middle of the stairwell? What was the purpose? And I, so me just like just now reading that. And like, I I know some of it was stress, but I'm sure that I'm taking on a lot of different pieces. Like I'm taking on how, for okay, to be honest, I'm stressed about this, you know, COVID-19 cases in our district and things like that. And just being worried about my safety and my students' safety. So I'm thinking about my safety and how I'm feeling but I'm thinking about my students and how they're feeling I'm thinking about my superintendent's feelings <laughs> why I'm thinking about yeah. my principal's feelings uh you know I'm thinking about my my coworkers' feelings I'm thinking about all these little pieces and it does get so overwhelming that yeah my mind blanks out <laughs> I don't and know I what I the genuinely next step
1: believe, is I genuinely believe other people that don't show empathetic traits I genuinely believe they don't have—they don't ever think about that stuff. Like, they are free of that. <laughs> they don't wow. have this, like, burden of, like, other people's, like, constantly thinking about, like, a hundred other people in their life and how they're feeling. For you, it's several hundred because you have quite a few students in your school, <laughs> in your district. Um, I mean, I don't really deal with that many people on the regular, so I, I definitely am- sympathize with you. I almost said empathize, but... <laughs>
0: well that would be saying
1: empath way too many
0: times (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i just i I definitely that one really stuck out to me personally i had to bring it up because that i literally feel this sort of absent mindedness Mm -hmm. multiple times a day like just that overwhelming emotion and i've never been able to put words to it. So it's really nice. I feel really heard right now. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, yeah, so hopefully other
1: people listening also do.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure they do. Yeah.
1: Um, so this is one that's not actually on this list, I don't think, but I'm going to still mention, um, sometimes experiencing overwhelming emotions when in public, not necessarily in a conversation.
0: Uh, so this- like all the stimuli Get into Yeah, you.
1: so basically this happens to me a lot. So basically you're in a public place and then all of a sudden for no reason you just kind of feel like a really strong emotion. Maybe you feel like, like a panic, like maybe a panic attack. <clears throat> but it doesn't necessarily have to be as severe as a panic attack. It can just be like maybe you're just observing a lot of people doing a lot of different things and you're just like feeling all of that at once and it just kind of like grows inside of you and – you just don't know what to do with it, so you're just kind of like absorbing all this, these all these emotions coming from other people, and
0: so this is just, like when you're at the mall and you're watching oh yeah, sure. a kid get way yeah. too close to knocking his head, and oh, you're yeah, also <laughs> looking at a couple that is about to run into another person that's holding hands. Yeah. Or I don't, I don't know, you know, like or
1: like you know, like maybe your um, the here's a more common situation and... for me, like. Maybe I'm in the office setting that I generally work in. There's like a bunch of other people in this very large room. So I can hear conversations going on from different parts in the room. So maybe someone's having an intense conversation over here or someone's on the phone with somebody who's really upset or, you know, so I just hear or feel all of these different emotions. Because like when you're an empath, I don't know if it's the same for you, but you can literally feel it's not just that you know what the other person's feeling. You can literally feel the exact same emotion that they're feeling.
0: Yeah. You so match the room.
1: Yeah, exactly. So if you have like the same the, – if you're matching that vibe of the room and it's very chaotic like at a mall or if it's very negative maybe like in a, in a bad day at the office, then then that can be very overwhelming all of a sudden at times.
0: I I absolutely understand yes. this. Yeah. It makes me think it, about all the times – this actually has nothing to do with, like, the public space, but, like, because we're thinking about this sympathy stuff, like, I'm really, like, connecting yeah. dots. It makes me think about all the times that I've, like, stumbled into a conversation with somebody at work. Like, maybe I run into them in the hallway, and it's like my mood will change
1: yeah, according basically. to how they
0: introduce them. Like introduce, Like, they'll be like – oh, my gosh, today is crazy. I'm like, oh, yeah, it totally is. But maybe I was, like, yeah. having a totally fine day. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: you just, like, match
0: their emotion. I'm like, yeah, you know? I guess this did happen and this happened. And, man, yeah, I guess it is kind of crazy. And, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just, like, connecting all these dots. I've never really thought that much into it. I just mm-hmm. knew that I was an empath. I wasn't necessarily yeah. thinking about all these pieces. So. Yeah. Well, I mean,
1: I definitely observe some empathetic things with you, like, like you definitely take on, which I, I believe I do too, but you definitely take on like other people's negative emotions very strongly, um, including your mother, <laughs> which I struggle with my mother's negative emotions as well. I think like mothers are, are special, wonderful people that we <laughs> inherit traits from. And I think, more than likely, your mom has empathetic traits too. So oh, you kind of like yeah. bounce off on each other.
0: <laughs> She's like my strength and my weakness. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying I'm,
1: like this whole podcast, guys. Empathy is if you're an empath, you're a very special person. Like, you are not, this is not a negative thing that you necessarily have to like get abolished from your life or anything. This is something oh, no. that you can also use as a strength. So, well, and
0: once you know, and once you can identify and you know what's yeah. happening, you can use it to your advantage. Not like, yeah. not like in a sleazy advantage with, it's kind but of like, a make sixth it work sense, for you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, uh, it's a sixth sense. So, so it's like we a, are a ramped up,
1: yeah. It's like a ramped up intuition. Like,
0: It's like being able to trust your gut. Yeah. Oh, I always try to trust my gut.
1: Yeah. Always listen to your gut. Okay. So this is something that, okay, I'm going to read these two traits. And I think they apply to, the first one applies to me. The second one applies to you. Okay. So the first one is tendency to spend much time alone. So that's obviously me. The second one is for you, often obsessed with order and cleanliness.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: I'm sorry if that I, I don't want to offend you or anything.
0: <laughs> All right. So I definitely have a an issue with like everything has in my own space cuz I would never come into your house and be like this is not where your thing goes. <laughs> but like in my own space everything has a place. The same mm-hmm. blanket goes in the same spot on the couch. And the yeah. tissue box goes in this place and the salt and pepper shakers go here. And like, I don't know, like for for a little more understanding, when Meg was here visiting, uh, she was visiting my home. She brought her dog. And I just remember coming <laughs> home and I didn't understand, but I came home from work the first day that she was here and all of my stuff was in the wrong place. <laughs> And in my head, I registered that as how evil of her. I was like, why would she do this to me? Um, you know, it was like... On
1: purpose, completely. You like
0: set, <laughs> sent me down a spiral and I went around. You, I think you were like in your room, like changing or something. And I went around and put everything back in the same spot and you came yeah, out. Yeah, I'm not going like, to lie to you. Like, uh... I, I...
1: I didn't even notice that I had moved stuff around.
0: <laughs> See, but, like, for me, everything yeah. – I mean, literally, I will go and I will move the salt and pepper shakers so that they are just right. <laughs> you saw me do that. Yeah, I did. Um. So, and, like, I i don't know why, but that's very important to me. And I do really like my house to be clean. And I don't just mean, like, tidy. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean clean. My house is right. not clean right now. And that has been definitely a, a bit of stress in my week, and that's on me. But – um. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're a very orderly person too, though. Like
1: I'm very—I mean, I'm organized. I would I would describe myself as organized. I would not necessarily describe myself as I need everything to be clean because that is definitely not me.
0: <laughs> oh, so it just like sits on my chest and like I think yeah. about it all the time. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but do you think it's because like? Oh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Do you think it's because um like? maybe you're sensitive to your own environment so like you you need to have everything uh in its place or you you kind of hold yourself back from feeling like at peace i
0: guess i'm gonna tell you exactly what it is okay okay um it is because if i am not comfortable in my own space how can anybody else be comfortable in that space interesting so okay. like and I think this comes from my mother but like I would never want a guest to walk into my house as it is right now oh and you know what I'm saying like and even though it's okay like if, you know the the pillars on the couch and the dishes are all near the sink yeah. you know it's not it's not like gross but like it doesn't feel presentable to another person and so I would want that person to be comfortable and to feel clean and feel safe in Mm -hmm. my in my space and if I don't even feel that which that's on me but like if I don't feel that then I don't think that a guest is going to be able to feel that so I always feel like my house needs to be on tip-top order in case I have a guest in case somebody comes over and you know I don't know does that make sense I mean that's maybe like a little bit a little bit crazy of me but I mean it makes sense because like
1: I mean, I obviously want to have a certain level of cleanliness whenever I invite somebody over. Right. Um, however, I I honestly past that. I don't care. Like, I don't care to have like decorations up or like. Obviously, I don't have anything on my walls. You've been to my apartment. <laughs> I have nothing on my walls. Like, I I I'm not very expressive in my living space. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's maybe you're expressing yourself through your your house. Do you think I that's would, true?
0: That would absolutely be accurate because i would like to be um thought of as a clean i got you uh expressed person like you know i've got (laughs) i've got stuff on the walls i've got many a many a nail in the wall to hang a picture beautifully
1: decorated house
0: thank you (laughs) i i love it it's not it's not where it needs to be but it will be one day um when i'm rich um maybe (laughs) from this podcast (laughs) there you go um yeah but I do think that, you know, I want people to come to visit and walk away thinking, wow, she is organized yeah. and clean and she is showing me her character through her home. Interesting. I find that very interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I think I, yeah. I definitely get that from my mother, um, but I yeah. never connected that. I thought that that was just like, you know a psychopathic trait passed down through the family i didn't really think that it was an empath thing. no it's definitely
1: an empath but it is because say. it's
0: about other people's feelings yeah. and, and thoughts and towards the situation yeah, yeah. interesting whoa <laughs> this is incredible. okay so
1: definitely for me tendency to spend much time alone so mm-hmm. um talking I, about this
0: weirdo <laughs> going camping by herself <laughs>
1: right? Um, I'll just read it like this one sentence um, from this description. Uh, Empaths are very likely to schedule some alone time in order to recharge their depleted batteries. So, oh, however, if empathetic people are unable to spend time with themselves, they quickly experience emotional overload. Um, This is definitely true for me. Um, Whenever I feel the most emotional or anxious is always whenever I don't get enough alone time. Uh, So it's like a direct line like i know if i don't get some recharge time i am going to shut down <laughs> and my emotional overload is not me crying or you know having an outburst it's me shutting down like just like no t- like can't don't, don't can't really carry on a conversation like not really interested in what's going on around me i just just shut down completely
0: i was definitely worried about this when you were visiting because yeah i, th- I mean my house is big for me and my roommate Mm -hmm. but it's not big for three people two dogs and a cat and (laughs) you know and so I I was just like worried about making sure and but you know it was a one week and it's special for us but I wanted to make sure that we were getting and believe it or not I really do enjoy my alone time Um, but I wanted I wanted to make sure most most importantly that you were getting the proper alone time because I know that that's how you work
1: yeah I think everybody needs that alone time I just feel like at times, I need it a lot longer <laughs> than other right. people.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but, I mean, I, in that week, like, usually if it's a – I have this expectation, like, okay, this week I'm going to stay at Sarah's house, and we're going to do this and this and this. If I have that expectation ahead of time, then it's not as, as hard for me. Um, however, if if I am thrust into a situation to where I'm around other people and I can't get away, that's where it starts becoming a problem. <laughs> yeah um, I would say more unexpected situations um, sure, sure, but okay, so I'm gonna do this one last straight and then it, and if you have another one, then we can go over that but uh then we'll move on to our next uh, section uh difficulty identifying sources of their emotions. Do you have this issue?
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> okay, I definitely do um I have absolutely like been just you know like at the end of the day for instance like I will come home and Mm -hmm. I will be feeling whatever emotion it is and I'm like where did this come from because it's I I don't know like at the end of the day I keep thinking like okay at the end of the day I'm tired and like of course I'm tired because I work but like I'll be like filled with some sort of emotion whether that's sadness or whether that's like excitement or maybe it's just I mean those are two very general I can't think of any other emotions all of a sudden (laughs) but um you know anything like that I'll come home and I'll be like where did this come from why am I carrying this around I used to really be confused because I would like watch a really sad show and then I would carry around this like awful awful sadness for so long and I was like what the heck until I connected that that was from a show so I know it comes from somewhere but I don't necessarily know where (laughs) sometimes I usually think it's connected to uh, an end of the of the day conversation or you know the last person that I talked with if they were in a bad mood that comes home with me yeah um the conversation I have with my mom at the end of the day I, we talk every day after work um sometimes that carries with me kind of depends yeah but okay yeah what about yeah, you yeah I definitely
1: this- I definitely relate to this and I'm sure people listening can too like you can wake up and feel completely normal, and then one little thing can happen. And for some reason, it just sets off this chain of events throughout your day, and you don't really understand why you're feeling the way you're feeling. It could even be because you remembered something that happened the day before, Ugh. and <laughs> like subconsciously. Um, so it's very overwhelming at times because you feel maybe this extreme sadness, like if you struggle with depression or you feel this extreme anxiety. Maybe if you start, struggle from anxiety disorder and you don't know where this emotion's coming from. And if you don't know the source, it's really hard to battle that. So, um, I well, mean, that's like, one of the...
0: Emotions can, can come from certain things that you're experiencing. So, like, if you're highly stressed, then your emotions can yeah that it doesn't just have to be like the stressed feeling the anxious feeling like yeah. it can come out in all different ways it can come out in anger it can come out in well i mean i feel like it would mostly come out in anger or maybe sadness um if it wasn't mm-hmm. just anxious but you know like it can it can like express it out of you in a different mm-hmm. manner than what it actually is um and you would be confused by that if you were feeling anxious and you came home and you were angry you'd be like wait what you know i don't know yeah Maybe you would get it if you understand yourself really well, but for yeah. me, that's definitely happened, and I'm like, "Yeah, why am I so pissed off? Like, I don't, I don't get <laughs> it." You know?
1: Yeah, I think a coping mechanism for this may be, because this is probably like the most common thing is like feeling an emotion and not really understanding where it's coming from, but you, you're absorbing it from other people around you. Just kind of like take a second and think about it. Like, is this my emotion? Or is this emotion that, that I'm getting because I'm perceiving someone else to feel this emotion? Is this an emotion I'm getting from somebody else or is it my emotion? Just kind of like answer that question uh-huh. first. I know it's, to, it's so hard. It's so hard to even know to ask that question because you just assume that it's something that you're dealing with, you know, and it's not from somebody else. Man. I don't know. It's hard. Do you have anything else that you want to go over as far as character traits?
0: Um, no, I feel like we've really gotten into um, okay. empathy. I think we should talk a little bit more about the highly sensitive person.
1: Okay, um, so I am going to pull this up. Uh, this we're gonna, I'm getting from highlysensitiverefuge.com, which if you're a highly sensitive person, sounds like a good website to go to. <laughs> check it out. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't really explored the website very much, but <laughs> um, I just have this one page pulled up. Um, so I'm I, just
0: going to... I feel oh, like I should read these to you because I, okay. I feel like I don't identify as much with H- HSP okay. as, as you do. Just let me
1: know if you do. This so, is like a sure. reverse interview now.
0: There's only, there's only, I think, 13 of them. Oh, wait. Yeah, we'll go
1: through them quickly. Yeah, yeah. We'll so I'm just going to
0: gonna pop through. I'm going to start at the beginning and just kind of walk through it because this is okay. very interesting to me. Um, I, I definitely see this in you, okay? Um, number one, you absolutely abhor violence and cruelty of any kind
1: very true um especially <laughs> yeah. i see here it says animal cruelty animal cruelty is like i can't stand it i can't stand to watch it 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 actually does make me feel physically ill <laughs> and also like uh i can't watch the walking dead while eating something this is probably common for everybody but
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: yeah but definitely like i i with with uh, gory stories or like news stories that are about deaths like I usually just read the title and and I can't usually read the article I just kind of brush past it um because I know I'm just gonna get sucked in
0: (laughs) see I can like partially identify with this but I know that I can't fully say that this is me because I I do get sucked in and I I do I don't like it but I don't I'm I'm not so disgusted by it that I can't look or read you know so I, that's why I don't necessarily... You power through. There. I I do see this in yeah. you 100%. I've seen you react that way. Yeah. Um, next one. You're frequently emotionally exhausted from absorbing other people's feelings.
1: That's true. But that's true for both of us as yeah. we've talked about empathetic people.
0: That, that one so, kind of yeah. does go hand in hand with being an yeah. empathetic person. Um, time pressure really rattles you.
1: Okay. This is interesting because... It never used to, but now it does definitely. Um, I often like if I have I have to have something done by the end of the day or whatever. Like I just feel like I can't do it. Like this is not gonna happen. Like I need more time. And it, I, in high school, I was never like this at all. Like I was like getting things done left and right. Didn't care about deadlines because I'd had it done like a week ahead of time. <laughs> but I guess yeah. this is something. Like I don't know if it's like a symptom of, of depression as well because I feel like it is, but like any kind of deadline makes me very anxious.
0: Oh um, yeah. I yeah, can't function so. under a deadline. A deadline? Yeah. Means <laughs> I'm going to break down.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So maybe this does apply to you. Th- this this but, does. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we're just different in how how they how we I think it's cuz it's a
1: it's a overstimulation, so I mean, you could classify it. The thing about these terms like empath and highly sensitive like they're they're very broad, so it doesn't have to be like a label.
0: And we're, yeah, there's nobody yeah. that's sitting here telling us that we are empaths or that we're highly sensitive yeah. people. In this case, we really are just kind of figuring out if we identify with it yeah. or not. You know, it's not like we can go to a doctor and be like, am I a highly sensitive person? Yeah, because they're not going like, to diagnose um, you. It's not
1: like a, it's what? not like depression or anxiety. It's not like right. you've been diagnosed with uh, empathy or highly sensitive uh, sensitivity.
0: Right. <laughs> there's, so, it's just like
1: a personality trait. It's not Yeah, like a, exactly.
0: Yeah. So next one is you withdraw often.
1: Very true. Um, this uh, this uh, stands out to me. You often find yourself withdrawing to a quiet, darkened room. Um, I kind of talked to you about this already, but like a really good coping mechanism for me when I get overwhelmed or like overstimulated um, from like noise or light or, or just stuff in general, I will literally... <laughs> Sounds very strange, but I will literally go into my walk-in closet. It's not like a tiny closet, so I'm not crazy. Um, well. I will go into my closet. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> uh, I will go, I'll go into my closet and I will shut the door and I'll turn off all the lights and I'll just kind of like have a little meditation moment.
0: That sounds and amazing. it
1: will make me feel so much better. And I will often put on my, my noise-canceling headphones. And I will just be, like, in complete darkness and quiet. And I just feel, like, very at peace in that moment because there's nothing stimulating me
0: at all. I need to try this. Like, yeah, I, I tried on your noise-canceling headphones, and I was like, what the frick? <laughs> um, I, I, I need to do this. And I honestly, I, yeah. I probably could do this. For for me, I bet I could do it with just a calm song because I really enjoy oh, like, totally, yeah. You know, so I could put my headphones in with a nice, calm, soothing song. I definitely have a collection of those that make, that take me to a relax- relaxing yeah. point and just turn off all the lights and just be in my own space. I, I really, I don't know why I don't do that, you know, because I feel like that well, would be really yeah. helpful to me. <clears throat> For this, I find this really interesting because a couple podcasts ago, we talked about like our personality traits. Yeah. And one thing is that I technically am an introvert, as are you, but Mm -hmm. I tend to walk the line of introvert and extrovert. Um, Yeah. And now part of me is like, well, maybe I am an extrovert who just really (laughs) identifies with being a... Highly sensitive person because this says whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, you need plenty of downtime, preferably alone. Um, Okay. And then the sense that you read as well. And I do prefer like literally today after work. I love my roommate, but I knew my roommate was working three to nine tonight, and I was like, oh my gosh, I get home at three thirty, so (laughs) I get Get the house to myself for you know five hour, five and a half hours. You know, I was very into that, and I yeah. I came home and I immediately just began to unwind and take apart my day. And actually that was kind of what took me so long to get onto the podcast with you was I was kind of trying to get through
1: yeah, what I unwind. needed
0: in order to find the energy to come do this. And I wanted to do yeah. it, but I needed to recover first, especially yes. after school lately, you know? And yeah. so I find this very interesting, like maybe maybe i identify with that very much so (laughs) um and trust also this next one it's it's freaking me out man (laughs) this next one is you're jumpy yeah (laughs) i am very jumpy i i am frightened by anything (laughs) yeah
1: well you're sensitive to your environment
0: I am, I am very aware. You know, I freaked yeah. um, Cedric, my roommate, out the other day because they um, hung two new ornaments on the Christmas tree and it had been mm-hmm. all of five minutes and I walked by the tree and I was like, oh, my gosh. Cedric was like, what the <laughs> heck? It was supposed to be a surprise, but I figured yeah. it out really freaking fast. <laughs> and Cedric was like, how did you even manage that? And I was like, I, I, I guess I'm just really aware of my environment. And okay, yeah, so, so when- this is.
1: Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I when mean no, you're you.
0: fine. When things sneak up on me, it just catches me super off yeah. guard.
1: I mean I don't I don't see you as like a jumpy person, like you know how some people are scared at completely everything, but
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. I definitely
1: <laughs> I definitely think you're very sensitive to your environment, which I think is a is a strength, is a super strength. I like it.
0: So, it yeah. it it makes people laugh too, which in in turn I, I enjoy because my students have scared the bejeebers out of me. There was one day they were hiding behind the door of my office and I fell on my butt when they scared me. And, I mean, it's a well-loved quality of mine by many people. So it's like a good and a bad thing. I'm scared for a moment, but people seem to enjoy it. So, you know, it is what it is. I do like being aware of my surroundings, too. Just that I like that I notice those things. I, I think it makes me more of an understanding person. You know, yeah. like I make people feel oh, totally. more seen and more heard when things change you know
1: Mm -hmm. whether that
0: is like a physical thing like you know i would notice somebody dyeing their hair from like light brown to dark brown whereas like most people would be like i don't even notice or like they get an inch chopped off their hair
1: and (laughs) i would see that you know and like most people would like
0: never know yeah
1: (laughs) this is weird because
0: there's like a couple repeats like it says yeah, later know, on, it, it says it sudden really... loud noises startle you. <laughs> well, that's the same thing as yeah, jumpy, I think that's right? Startles
1: everybody, <laughs>
0: duh. Yeah, but what okay, about so
1: next one? Go ahead.
0: You're a seeker. HSP uh, seek yeah. answers in the big to the big questions in life. Oh, mm-hmm. Meg, that's so you. <laughs> wow. They ask the why things. They ask why things are the way they are and what their role is in all of it. If you are a highly sensitive person, you may have always wondered why other people aren't as captivated by the mystery of human nature and the universe as you are.
1: I'm kind of like this. Um, Some situations, like, I don't really care to find the answer to. Like, I know you talked about last podcast, like, ghosts and aliens. Like, I don't care. (laughs) Some things I just don't care about, you know. Um, However, there are definitely, like, political topics or, like, moral topics where, like, I will definitely want the answer so much that I will go on, like, binges of information gathering. Like, I will just research a topic for days and days. And I won't necessarily do anything with that information. It's more for my own, like, internal gratification.
0: Hey, as long as you know how to take care of yourself, (laughs) man.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, I don't, I'm not like a, I won't write papers or essays or you know, I won't really disseminate any of the information that I put together, but I definitely go searching for that. So
0: yeah, I on yeah. the other hand, I do not. I'm not. I'm not part <laughs> of that gang. I I definitely have wondered before, but I'm not a seeker. Yeah. I'm not going to find out. I'm not going to search. I'm not going to have. Yeah. Any crazy conversations about it, you know.
1: <laughs> um. um let's skip number eight and we'll go to number nine for sure
0: um your clothing yeah. matters
1: do you, does this not apply to you
0: no it absolutely applies to me okay
1: <laughs> okay um so specifically with me like I have to sleep in certain type of material uh even like going out like I i, I, I stick with my blends that I like and that's it because I can't I can't sleep in shorts. Um, I can't sleep in certain fabrics. Um, I can't really sleep in long-sleeved. Oh, me
0: either. No, no, Yeah, I definitely
1: have to sleep in a certain – and I know, like, if I can't get to sleep, I know it's because I'm wearing something that's wrong. So, like, I'll have to go change my pants. (laughs) It sounds sounds so bizarre to some people, I'm sure. But, like, I don't understand how people – how do people sleep in, like, silk – pajamas
0: oh okay i love sleeping in silk pajamas in fact oh okay i prefer (laughs) how do you do it um well i find it cooling and i get really hot when i sleep so like when i sleep in the silk i don't get very warm um but i sleep in a silk nightgown not pants and a shirt i don't understand how people could sleep with that much clothing covering their body the only time i sleep with a long sleeve shirt on is when it's a hoodie because i'm freezing
1: i cannot like I could never sleep in my birthday suit. That's for sure. I have to have... I love sleeping naked. I have to have at least... (laughs) I have to have at least, like, a shirt and I have to have um, pants on that are preferably not... Preferably are past my knee. Like, they have to be... In order for me to be very comfortable.
0: Oh, no. See, my thing for sleep, this is more important than any kind of, like, clothing, like... Yeah. Content. uh, The most important thing for me... Is no socks. Nothing should touch my feet except for the blanket. Oh, interesting. Period. Even yeah, I feel
1: that. Yeah. like
0: wide-legged pants, I cannot do it because then my something is touching my foot. I cannot do it. I can't. It makes me feel anxious. It makes me feel yeah. unsafe. I don't know. <laughs> kind of a weird, weird thing. <laughs> mm. Okay. Um, here's another one. This is interesting because I don't necessarily think this is true for you and actually already brought it up. Um, your yeah. pain tolerance is less. Yeah. Many HSPs are more sensitive to pain of all kinds, headaches, body aches, injuries, etc., than non-HSPs.
1: I would say headaches for me, but that's pretty much it. Like, I don't really... Do you get... I have a very high pain tolerance.
0: Do you get storm headaches from, like, pressure changes?
1: Uh, I don't think so.
0: Oh. No. I'm the queen of, <laughs> of pressure headaches. Uh, like, tonight we had a storm, and when we got on, the first thing I said was I have a really bad headache. Because it was storming. Um, And I actually got a headache in the middle of the school day and I didn't know that it was storming outside. And I know. So then I I like stopped for a second and I was like, is it storming? Maybe like potentially it could be storming outside because I have a headache. Um, That is an example
1: of a biological HSP trait.
0: Oh my gosh. (laughs) Interesting that I started out the episode saying probably not a highly sensitive person. And here we are.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Interesting. Yeah, no, I definitely have a low pain tolerance, whereas I feel like you definitely have a higher pain tolerance.
1: Yeah, I am. Um, I've actually practiced this, my pain tolerance, like, I've practiced doing my, um, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's like a nothing face to where, like, you don't react. So, like, if something happens and, like, maybe I stub my toe or I pinch my finger or, like, you know, something that... You know, it's just something that happens on a day-to-day basis. I've tried to practice, like, not reacting. (laughs) Why? It's interesting. It's interesting to see, like, how you can push your body and how you can push your emotions. Like, if I stub my toe, I don't have to go, like, ow and, like, bend down and be like, oh, my gosh, what's going on with my toe? I can just, like, not react. It's really interesting. Do you
0: remember when I made fun of you from potentially being crazy? Yeah. I mean it times. this time. I mean it this time, okay? <laughs> That's crazy because I could not imagine stubbing my toe and not reacting. Like, that well, shit hurts.
1: <laughs> it definitely hurts, but, like, um, a lot of it, like, and this happens with children, too. Like, if, if a child stubs their toe or falls down and they're crying and then you indulge them, it's going to make the situation worse. So, like, if you're like, oh, my gosh, are you okay, you know, babying them, or... If you know they're fine and you don't react, they kind of copy that. You know, they're kind of like, okay, I'm fine. I'm not actually really injured. You know, I'm not actually going to die because I fell down, you know. Yeah,
0: but that's like a kid learning their pain tolerance. Like, I'm a grown-ass adult, and if I stub my toe, I'm going to go down for a second. (laughs) You know, like, I am the kind of person where, like, the initial pain, like, the initial stub, or I guess, you know, the initial, like... (laughs) instant of pain I'm like I'm gonna vomit oh my god and then oh I'm god. well I, yeah and then I'm fine I feel, I feel that. Yeah. yeah and then I'm good so I I guess you know I don't know I, get children, I guess children try, that's I'm true I'm trying to sound
1: like a psycho here okay
0: well a little bit I'm <laughs> trying to like because like
1: I, I want to practice like what I'm trying to practice is like being in control of so your like, reactions a, yeah exactly being in control of my reactions so like taking a deep breath and like processing, okay, I just done my toe. Everything's going to be fine. It's it's just going to subside in like two seconds, you know, and not necessarily being like the initial, oh my gosh. You know, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> it's a little experiment I'm doing on myself. Okay. It's it's interesting. I'll give it to you. It's interesting. And I, I'm probably not describing it very well, but you know, if I come across as a psycho, then I'm just gonna have to deal with that.
0: The, le, that's probably not the thing that makes you come across as a psycho. Well, oh, okay.
1: There's other things. I am just kidding.
0: I'm just kidding. No, but I I do think that's crazy. That kind of that kind of self control because. I don't know. I just keep thinking about how bad it hurts to stub my toe.
1: <laughs> well, I'm not there yet, but maybe I'll get well, there. Well,
0: keep working on it. I'm going to help hold you accountable for that one. Okay. Okay, sure. Next time just you stub like, your you toe, know. just like FaceTime me instantly, and I'll be like, <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> I'll be watching your That's
1: face. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: All right, so this next one is interesting. Um, it says, your inner world is alive and present. What it means by that is it's talking about like – your imagination. So it says again mm-hmm. due to deep processing you have a rich inner world. As a child you may have several you may have had several imaginary friends, enjoyed fantasy-based play and were prone to daydreaming. As an adult you have a vividly realistic set of dreams. <laughs> this is so funny. Um okay. Did go you ahead. have an imaginary friend?
1: Oh, um I did not have an imaginary friend. However, all I did when I was a kid is in fantasy-based play. Same. So like <laughs> <laughs> completely imagination based. And I I don't really dream now, but I daydream like all the time. All the freaking time. So
0: I love I, I love night I when I get to dream, like the other night when I was on some good cough mm-hmm. medicine, I have some really <laughs> interesting dreams. But when I do get to daydream, which is usually like it's really when I'm trying to go to sleep at the end of the night, when I can like be in control of my dreams. Yeah at the beginning of sleep. I love it so much like it is such a happy place because I don't have to feel everyday feelings at that point and okay. I I enjoy to do it I don't do it enough yeah. I don't do it during a work day or like during important things but I like to do it and I was yeah. always you know fantasy based play growing up all the time I mean you and I did it all the time together yeah I did not have an imaginary friend though <laughs>
1: Me neither, yeah. I never was into that. My parents were very, like, Santa Claus isn't real. There's no Easter Bunny.
0: Weird. <laughs> kind of parent, so. Oh, my gosh. My parents were, like, when we, when my parents figured out that both their kids knew that Santa Claus wasn't real, my mom literally, she came up to me and she was, like, Pretend he's real, or you're not getting presents. <laughs> we're like, okay, we're leaving okay. cookies out for Santa. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, I remember doing the rituals and everything, but I never actually believed that he was real. Like, my parents never actually was like, he's totally real, <laughs> you know? Oh, man. So, <laughs> but I never feel like I missed out on, on that sort of thing. So. No, probably
0: know. not. <laughs> um, the next one is, change is extremely upsetting. <laughs>
1: Uh, that's true for me. I don't know. What about you?
0: Yeah. Uh, true for me, too. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean that change isn't the right thing or a good thing. Yeah. It's just yeah. hard. Yeah. But like, moving into this this place on my own, very exciting, very yeah. hard. <laughs> Mentally and emotionally, it was difficult, you know?
1: Yeah. Oh, oh it I literally says,
0: for this reason, change, both positive and negative, can really throw us off. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. It was really hard for me when I was like visiting you to not be in my routine because like, it's only like, it seems dramatic. Like I was only out of my routine for a week, but it definitely took me a minute to get back on my routine whenever I came back because I was just like, I don't know why it like affected me. It made me feel down in the dumps to be out of my routine because I did not have that comfort of like, Understanding what I was going to do next, you know? This is so interesting
0: that you're saying that because I could yeah. sense that. <laughs> and I don't know <laughs> if you noticed that the days following your return, I did not message you a lot. I didn't call. Um, yeah, I didn't
1: notice that, yeah. You did? I noticed that you, we weren't in touch as much, but I just assumed it was because we were, si- like... I was we trying like, to I let I you... <laughs>
0: oh no 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 uh, that's funny no I was trying to give you that time to like process and get back onto what you were because I knew you were on a very strict routine and I watched that routine fade out through the week and so I knew that you were giving up that routine I was worried you know me better than I know myself Um, but I'm not gonna lie the minute you left yeah I like deep cleaned my house so that i could feel normal yeah so in the same way like if they're different weirdnesses but like it was the same. you just like us.
1: reset yeah i
0: had to yeah i had to like just go <laughs> you, I, I took a sh- full shower i washed my hair i mean i only wash my hair like every four days right so like i washed my <laughs> hair like i mean the whole works cleaned my tub yeah. i mean like the whole thing so that i could reset exactly and so i was giving That's you awesome. that yeah. time to reset as well and then it That's was like, good. you know, three or four days later, we were back on the phone or yeah. podcasting or whatever it you was. You just know what I need. <laughs> what can I say? I'm an empath. Im- empath? Empath.
1: <laughs> However you want to say it, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my gosh, I can't even laugh because I'll cough. That's so funny. Um, <clears throat> here's the next thing. Let's see. Um, it says, sometimes your environment is your enemy. It says, similarly, moving to a new home or traveling, (laughs) even if it's just a fun vacation, can be quite difficult for you because your senses are bombarded with so much new stimuli. So true. Wow. Dude, this, (laughs) I know that it definitely applies to your week that you spent here, but I'm thinking now when we went on vacation, like, it's funny how vacations can be so wonderful and yet so awful. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, the day we left the beach, I was absolutely sad to go, but, like, packing, loading up, and, like, gosh, I mean, I even felt like, I felt like you were so out of it that you were pissed off that we had to stop for coffee. You know what I mean? Aw, no. Uh, No, 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 it's all good. It's over now. But, like, that's how, like, off we were. Like, you know, like, we were just so exhausted and so overwhelmed from that week That we were like, we just need to get back, you know? And, like, it was almost, like, immediately once you were back in your environment, it was, like, a totally different change. And, like, that car ride was really hard for us because I had, like, several panic attacks on the way home from Georgia.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm not going to lie. Like, the the drive back, I was, like, completely – I was – of course, I was not pissed off stopping for coffee. (laughs) But I was also, like, completely, like, I need to get Sarah home. (laughs) <laughs> i was like focused on getting you home dude because i was worried about you
0: <laughs> i was I worried know. about me i don't even know why i think that i think i was sad that i was leaving georgia
1: yeah. i mean it, it's overwhelming like it's overwhelming having to go back to my real vacation life. and then having to go back yeah
0: yeah
1: especially and i always i definitely felt that like you know the day after vacation where we were just like sitting and watching tv all day <laughs>
0: Oh, but it was amazing. It was like, it was yeah. like a little, it was a vacation from vacation while yeah. still staying away from the real world. <laughs> it was a good transition. You should always give yourself yeah. a day after vacation where mm-hmm. you're just home. Definitely. Like that is like, I didn't even ever think that, that would be important, <laughs> but it was so important. And then the yeah. next day, I gave myself a couple days because the next day, then I drove home um, and I didn't have to be at work until the following day. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a process for us, getting through that. I mean, it was still an yeah. amazing experience. It doesn't change how I feel about the vacation, but, yeah. like, definitely. We, do, we definitely don't
1: come back. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. We definitely don't come back from vacations like other people do on, like, a high, you know? It's definitely we come back on a low, you know? I don't know how to explain it, but, like, you know how some people come back from vacations and they're, like, energetic and jazzed up because they went on a vacation but it's more like we're we're like feeling the the repercussions of going on the vacation emotionally
0: i got my high but it was after i recovered it was like during (laughs) yeah
1: during and then after the recovery phase
0: yeah oh yeah i was like on a whole nother planet up until that very last day that we left georgia Mm -hmm. i was like
1: and then we just like crashed
0: oh that morning it was like Because even that night before, we were, I mean, that night before was probably one of my favorite nights. Um, We Mm -hmm. had a really nice dinner out, and then we came back, and we had lots of adult beverages, and we had really good conversation. (laughs) We really opened up to each other. It was a beautiful, beautiful night. And then that next morning, it was like, ugh.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Like, even walking on the beach to say goodbye to the beach was, like, pitiful. (laughs) You know? (laughs) man.
1: Well, I don't think we should go any- over any more uh, traits because we're kind of running out of time here. But we do have a few minutes to go over um, coping mechanisms. Yeah, let's do I it. I don't know if you have any that you would like to suggest, or if you would like me to go first.
0: Um, I guess coping me- mechanisms for what exactly?
1: Um, just for like um being an empath and like protecting yourself. I would I would say like um I'll give an example for one of mine. So. Uh, mine that I thought I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot because I wrote this podcast outline, but
0: <laughs> no, it's okay. I've got one, um, so I'll, I'll get it. So,
1: there. uh, I already talked about sensory deprivation, so I'm going to skip that one. Um, but I'm going to move down to um, finding out what calms you down. So, for me, it's putting on those noise canceling headphones or it's turning off the music and it's it's silence. I would say the thing that calms me down the most would be silence. So if you can feel like if you're feeling like you're absorbing too many people's emotions or you're in a conversation with somebody and you're just like unable to discern like is this my emotion, is this their emotion, and you're not in control, I would say try to identify what calms yourself down, what calms you down and make it happen whether you need to exit that conversation or stop listening to that podcast or stop researching that topic and just go do that thing that calms you down um it's gonna it's gonna help you just on a day-to-day basis
0: yeah no i definitely agree with that actually you introduced me to that and i really i really like that and i want to i want to pull that into my okay kind of coping. Um, yeah, I actually have one that, um, I use a lot when I'm coping with my anxiety, but I think it could work for coping with any kind of overwhelming experience. Um, I don't remember what it's called, but you've probably heard of it. It's where you use your, um, your five senses and you count down. Okay. So it's like you have to stop and you have to look and tell yourself what five things can you see? What four things can you hear? What three things can you touch? What two things can you smell and what's one thing that you can taste? So, um, you know, you use your area around you and you think really hard about those things so that you're not thinking Mm -hmm. about all the other emotions or experiences or whatever else is happening around you that is upsetting you, right? And that really works for me when I need to kind of collect myself in a moment. Especially, like, if you're out in a public place and you can't just, like, pop your sound-canceling headphones on you know like that's a really (laughs) true you're you're gonna focus in on certain things instead of taking in the whole environment you know yeah so
1: that's definitely a skill that needs to be uh or a muscle that needs to be strengthened because like as empaths i think you can relate like we definitely suck in our entire environment it's not just like one or two things (laughs) all of it it's the entire thing um And finding out your triggers. So um, yes, one of my triggers is like people yelling. I know that's a trigger for a lot of people, but like people yelling will instant instantly throw me into this like completely shut down emotional state. If that makes any sense, like yelling
0: at anybody or yelling at you at anybody.
1: It doesn't have to not at me. Like it just it's just gonna be at anybody. Even it will just completely. Oh, completely. Wow. Wow. If I hear somebody else yelling, it's just, like, it'll it'll completely shut me down. It's it's a trigger for me. So, like, it will, it will, I'll, it, oh, my gosh, I can't stop stuttering today. It's fine. <laughs> I'll, inst- I'll instantly feel, like, a flash of that anger. And I know it's not coming from me. Like, I instantly know, like, okay, I'm obviously not angry because I'm not in that situation. But I'll feel it, and then I'll be, like, all completely shut down inside it's really it's really hard to explain um if i'm sure people who are listening can understand what i'm saying if they've felt that before um but if you feel that like f- uh switch flip inside of you that's where you like go into your calming or your sensory deprivation or your you know like uh, sarah described like your coping mechanism don't just let it fester just deal with it in the moment
0: yeah absolutely yeah, I'm still working on understanding my triggers. Um, yeah. I only know a few of them, and honestly, some of them I'm embarrassed to even speak of. So <laughs> that's okay. But, so I'll <laughs> spare all our listeners of those. But yeah, getting well, yours to, are based. Mine are based on, on anxiety well, Is yes. that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and actually, they're very, very oddly specific. Uh, I guess I guess I'm embarrassed by them, but I can tell you. Um, okay. I don't consider myself a hypochondriac, but for some reason uh, since discovering and developing, uh, my panic disorder, um, it has been based off of a fear of a medical emergency. Um, and I guess maybe that comes from my father and his medical emergency. I guess maybe Mm -hmm. that really frightened me. Um, but like, yeah, so at any given time, like if I'm experiencing something and I don't have an answer to why I'm feeling a pain or Mm -hmm. an ache or whatever the heck um it can send me into a panic attack which like hello panic attacks kind of feel like heart attacks so like that's like double whammy yeah um so like <laughs> my mom always knows the right things to say I call her almost every time I have a panic attack um oh yeah she the goal is to make me laugh that really helps but yeah <laughs> so it's always based off of like a uh, feeling a certain pain or sickness or something like that because that's what I know that that for sure is a trigger. And then also, like, a, a certain amount, like, once I reach a certain level of stress, that takes me no time at all to go into a panic attack. But okay. But I know that there are more, and I just don't know them yet. Um, so I'm still learning, and it obviously yeah. it takes time before you really know all your main triggers. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But, yeah, just getting um, to know them and, like... Just taking them for what they are, just, you know, knowing, I guess, don't Mm -hmm. be embarrassed by them like I am because there's nothing really to be embarrassed by.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely don't be embarrassed because, I mean, obviously there are a ton of people out there who feel the same way you do and who, you know, maybe could find uh, some help in the coping mechanisms that you have. It
0: actually does make me feel a lot better knowing that there is probably somebody out there, multiple people out there that do experience the same kind of anxiety that I do that does make me feel much more normal so if you are listening to this and you experience that kind of anxiety like a panic attack based on that I would love to talk to you so send us a message yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's um it's uh it's not like all us empaths and and potentially highly sensitive people go around talking about how we're that way so right (laughs) you know definitely don't feel like you know you're alone or anything no. because it's a very common personality trait not as common as others um but it's it's definitely it's not just like a, a negative thing either like we talked about earlier um I do have a note in my notes here that being an empath can at times make you a target for certain types of people um because this is something that I've kind of gone through and I'm not going to get like in depth but There are, um, narcissists and sociopaths out there who specifically target, um, empathetic people because a lot of times empathetic people, I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of times they are blind to the negative traits that someone can exhibit because they are so focused on trying to please that person, um, because they want that person to feel good because if they feel good, then the empath can feel good, um, So I just want to caution and maybe spend some time researching on what it means to be an empath. If you you relate to anything that we've said, um, spend some time researching uh, the personality trait and trying to figure out maybe how you can protect yourself against certain type of people or how you can like use this personality trait as an advantage Um, because it's kind of like a superpower. (laughs) Um, But it can also be a very uh, super scary thing, so... I don't know, sorry, just talked a lot. But. No,
0: that's, I mean, that's really important. Actually, Yeah. Uh, ironically, before you said that, I was thinking about, I wonder if other impaths imp- tend to befriend more empaths or people mm-hmm. that are opposite of them. Because I, I don't know, if, that's interesting. We are friends. We're very, yeah. very similar in that aspect, even though we're different mm-hmm. in a lot of others, <laughs> you know, like we are both empaths and potentially highly sensitive yeah. people. You know,
1: I would say I would say a lot of empaths, maybe um it's hard to say like an empath attracts other empaths, because a lot of times if you're empathetic, like you don't go completely looking for <laughs> a certain personality trait right. or anything. You just kind of want to be friends with everybody. So um I would say more empaths like people who are um i would say even the opposite personality traits are very very attracted to empaths because empaths will deal with all of their all of the everything that they have to offer because empaths want other people to be happy so
0: wow um it's an interesting take i I mean yeah i get that the more i think about that the more i have to agree (laughs) (laughs)
1: Because, <laughs> I mean, empaths will put up with a lot of crap before they realize they don't have to. So, um, dang, yeah,
0: dang, <laughs> empaths. Well, actually, yeah. the last thing that Meg put on this really great outline, by the way, Meg, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Um, is understand that being empathetic can be a huge strength, and we probably should leave with that because, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Excuse me, we want. We we don't want you to walk away thinking, oh, my gosh, I have all these traits. Am I, am I this way? Am I a bad person? Am I annoying am, am I weird? <laughs> yeah, because, like, I'm not going to lie. I'm just going to embrace who I am. I'm embracing that I'm a little yeah. strange and obsessive with putting the salt and pepper shaker in the same spot <laughs> and taking on way too many emotions at yeah. one time. I'm just going to embrace that. And you should, too. You know, it is it is a strength. You are like a superhuman. You are mystical. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you have a special skill you are highly intuitive uh you can sense how other people are feeling like that is something that, that other people a lot of other people just straight up can't do so own it <laughs> enhance it
0: meg i have a question before we go okay And it's kind of about you know we're super aware people and <clears throat> we get into the dreams a lot right right One thing that happens to me all the time, and I have no clue if this has anything to do with what we just talked about, but maybe (laughs) it's something for us to ponder. I often have, if I have a dream, because I don't often have dreams anymore, if I get to have a dream, I will notice however many weeks, months, years down the line that I am actually experiencing that dream live and in person in a form of deja vu and this happens
1: yeah all
0: the time and it has always (laughs) freaked me out and recently as in like the last two years of my life I've decided that maybe I'm potentially psychic um just a smidge because that that happens all the time and I'm always spot on in fact I had one the other day where I was sitting in my office and I was prepping and uh it was like a doomsday feeling And I remember getting up and going down to my mom and telling her, hey, I had a job. I was a music teacher and we were like, it was awful. It was very stressful and there was something wrong and everybody was worried about it. And I was like in my office worrying about it. And then like I literally experienced that in a deja vu moment. And I don't know if my mom would remember me telling her about this, but I remember telling her so wow yeah i don't know maybe that maybe that has something to do with this like almost sixth sense that i am blessed with yeah you know i don't know That's i something think to
1: think about i definitely have experienced deja vu i mean obviously it's something that everyone does but sometimes i actually remember dreaming it like That's i remember what when saying. i dreamed it yeah yes. see <laughs> okay do you ever get this thing to where you know something's gonna happen and then it does happen like, something that's not related to you. Maybe I should be more specific.
0: <laughs> well, I feel like I know what you're talking about. And I'm, like, trying to yeah. think if I can think of a time where this truly yeah. happened to me. Because I don't want to just say, yeah. And then, like, that I've never experienced it. I mean,
1: I know the brain is a powerful thing. So, I mean, obviously, the power of suggestion is incredibly powerful. You mean, powerful, like, I've been
0: able to predict it? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, I've been able to predict a lot of things that do end up happening. Um. <laughs> I've never just, like, thought in my head, like, this is going to happen. Usually it's more like a feeling
1: I get, like a very strong feeling I get, like, oh, this is going to happen, and then it does. Yeah,
0: yeah, I've definitely experienced
1: that. Completely based on emotions, not based on any prior knowledge that I would have.
0: Man, we're weirdos in the best way there you go. <laughs> well, I think with that, it might be time to close out of here and yeah. Um, this is gonna probably gonna be
1: our longest podcast yet.
0: Uh, hey, you know what? This was a good one, and there's lots of editing yeah. to do, anyways. So,
1: um, um, next we'll try to make the next podcast more debatey. I like debating and stuff, Me so too. I think it's fun. Uh, where this can, is can they just find us? Kind of like another oh, um, uh, seven hours difference. Instagram and all of our important links are on our Instagram. It's where it's uh, at. I would say that's where we're most active. I won't so. lie. Um,
0: I don't keep the Twitter very exciting. <laughs> yeah, Twitter's just kind of like a dead zone. Twitter Sorry. sucks anyway. <laughs> but I will definitely keep that Instagram going for you guys. Um, yeah. Uh, actually, today, this day we were recording, it's a Tuesday, and I just posted about our new episode that is out. Yeah, now. we just put out a new episode, so episode three. Every Tuesday, my friends, be on the lookout for... Oh, my friends. That's an elementary thing. Uh, be on the lookout for our, our new podcast every Tuesday night. Yeah. Comes out pretty Next late. Next
1: podcast, probably going to be a little bit more fun and lighthearted. So we'll try to balance our podcasts.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep it. We'll, pe- we'll keep it good. Meg, I hope you're prepared yeah. for, for future podcasts where I just throw you under the bus. Maybe. I
1: know. Just, like, throw me uh, an outline that I don't know much about I'm and excited. I will go on it. One,
0: one of these days when I'm not in, like, total dying teacher mode... I will do this and really show you. <laughs> so, alrighty. Well, this was that good works for me. I hope all our listeners enjoyed it. Um, spread the word if you enjoy our podcast, and don't forget you can send us yeah. feedback. We're very interested. in Yeah, knowing please what send you us think.
1: feedback because I promise it's, we're not going to take it personally. Nope. Unless, <laughs> <laughs> like we're just doing this for fun at this point, so just let us know how it can be better, and we're just going to take that advice and run with it.
0: Absolutely. All right. All right. Take care,
1: everybody. (laughs) Bye.